0: Pause to Consider, the podcast where you put your busy day on pause to consider spiritual encouragement and wisdom on your walk towards God's kingdom. Thanks for joining me. I'm Sam Taylor, here to get you thinking about the Word of God. The human body has several defense mechanisms to protect us from injury or illness, yet few are as underappreciated as the small yet powerful taste buds. Now, while I'm from the States, I'm sure I can speak for many worldwide when I say we have forgotten about the taste buds' protective purpose. Too often, we only see our taste buds as a means of enjoying good food. But it's not the tongue's ability to detect sweet or salty that makes it useful in defending our bodies. What makes our tongue so valuable is its ability to detect bitterness, And if you've ever accidentally drank coffee without cream or sugar, you know how quickly your body reacts. Without the ability to taste bitterness, you would be more susceptible to ingesting natural poisons found in plants. Yet bitterness isn't always bad, as it's found in leafy green vegetables that provide the body with antioxidants, such as broccoli and kale. When looking for a simple definition of bitterness, I came across a word that summed it up well. Unsweet. Unsweet. People tend to avoid bitterness to the same extent that they pursue sweetness. Not only that, but the definition unsweet acts as a hint to how you would fix bitterness in your cooking. It turns out that using either sugar or natural fat helps to take the edge off bitterness in food. That's why the most common things people put in their coffee are cream and sugar. Although sweet doesn't completely cancel out bitterness it does remove just enough of the edge to form a more complex taste that some appreciate more than simply sweet food. While modern agriculture has mostly eliminated bitterness from vegetables through selective breeding, ancient civilizations were quite familiar with bitter tasting foods. The most well-known feast in the Bible featured a bitter plant as an essential component of the meal. Listen to God's instructions to Moses about the Passover in Exodus 12, verses 7 through 13. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roast it on the fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted it, its head with its legs and its inner parts. The blood shall be assigned for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt." The Passover is a symbolic meal that commemorates God's deliverance of the Israelites from Egypt oppression. Each part of the meal symbolizes a different facet of Israel's experience in Egypt that God wanted future generations to remember. To this day, when Jewish people celebrate Passover, they first eat what they call maror, bitter herbs which symbolize the bitterness of slavery. Later in the evening, they dip the bitter herbs in a sweet dip called Haroset, which represents the sweetening of their burden of bitterness and suffering through God's deliverance. Just as the bitterness of food can be offset by sweetness and fats. The bitterness we endure in life can be offset through seeking to taste God's promise of salvation. It's no coincidence that Israel was often called the land of milk and honey. It wasn't just about the food, but it was about God's promise of salvation tied so closely to the land. David encouraged others to seek this out for themselves in Psalm 34 verses 4-10. through I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. You and I may not have been slaves in Egypt, but we've likely experienced bitterness to some extent. Maybe you were looking for support from others and no one stood by you. Or perhaps someone you looked up to let you down and made you doubt your judgment. That bitterness could also come from feeling like your life isn't what it was meant to be, which could leave you resenting your life decisions. Whatever the cause, you can still recognize how unsweet that sensation was or continues to be in your life. It's human to feel those things, especially if it feels like it's all outside of our control. But we need to be careful not to cultivate those feelings because bitterness is an acid that will consume us from within. While none of us can control our past or what's caused past bitterness in our lives, we can control our actions going forward. We can choose to show God's mercy and forgiveness instead of seeking our own vindication. We can choose to break the cycle. We can choose to taste the sweetness of God's promise in his word. The promise that what lies ahead is so much better than what's behind so the next time your coffee tastes off and you go to pour cream and sugar in to get it right remember that God invites you every day to do the same thing for your life he invites you to recognize the bitterness you feel in your life the disappointment the resentment the hurt you feel these are all reasons to pursue the example of God and His Son more eagerly. Because to the extent that we should avoid bitterness, we should pursue sweetness. To close, I'd like to reflect on Romans 8, verse 18. A simple reminder that whatever is unsweet will soon be offset by the sweetness found in the kingdom of God. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. I want to thank you for listening to another devotion here on Pause to Consider. If you like this devotion, please share it with your friends and with your loved ones. If you have any questions or feedback, I'd love to hear it. You can email me at pause pausetoconsiderpodcast at gmail.com or you could follow me on my Facebook and Instagram pages to ask questions or offer feedback. But above everything else, I just hope this devotion was helpful for you. And I pray that God will be with you until we meet again, whether it's on our next devotion or whether it's in God's kingdom. God bless. Thank you for listening to Pause to Consider. I'm Levi, and I wanted to be sure you've heard about a few other podcasts in the WCF network. I am actually one of the co-hosts on a show called A Little Faith, where we explore faith breakdowns and buildups with different people who have very powerful stories to tell. That's A Little Faith. Tom and Naomi are exploring how we interact in our ecclesial relationships in From the Platform. It's a very in-depth series that is incredibly helpful for understanding and developing compassion and better listening practices. You can find both of those wherever you get your podcasts or our website, WC Foundation org/slash/podcasts. Have a great week.